Hey guys, it's me, Georgia Simmons, the founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another episode of Catch-Ups in My Kitchen. This podcast is about all things food, plant-based food, non-plant-based food, and everything in between. This podcast aims to discover people's food journeys and stories, because whether you are a professional in sport, work in beauty, or the food industry itself, everyone's got a story to tell. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan, so if you do enjoy this episode, please, please like, share, and subscribe. I hope you're hungry as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. This week, I'm joined by the incredible Amelia, founder of Bold Bean & Co. If this episode doesn't convince you into wanting to try these delicious beans or chickpeas, then I don't know what will. Amelia is so passionate about the power of these beans, both for us and the environment. I learned so much in this episode about these incredible beans, so I'm sure you will too. Not only is Amelia brave for launching Bold Bean & Co, but she's incredibly brave for taking on the challenge of trying to change the public's perception of what is currently known as a pretty boring, dry and tasteless bean to something which is actually pretty cool, tasty and quite honestly amazing. Anyway, that is enough from me, so let's jump straight in. So I now like to start the podcast by letting you introduce yourself because I'm just not going to do it justice. So could you give like a 30 second elevator pitch on who you are and like what you do? Hello, I am Amelia and I'm the founder of Bold Bean Co. We are on a mission to make you obsessed with beans by giving you the best of beans. So we sell premium jarred heirloom beans um, and we've just launched on Waitrose, which is very exciting. Very exciting. (laughs) I love this because... I mean, essentially, it's a basic bean, but it's really not a basic bean. Like, it's so good. And I remember, um, I obviously stock you guys on Greedy Vegan, and I remember taking a jar home and be like, Mum, you've got to try this. And she was like, okay. Anyway, she messaged me and was like, I can't stop eating them out the jar. Like, I don't know what's happened, but they're so good. I was like, I told you. They're just so, so good. Oh, thank you. So I have some quick fire questions as well, just to get to know you a bit more in terms of food, what you love. So pizza or pasta? Pasta. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Oh, that's really hard. I mean, I've got to say burger, but I mean, I love, I love a salad. Yeah. A really good salad. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. Cook in or eat out? If it's a great restaurant, eat out. Mm -hmm. If it's an average restaurant, eat in. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. Because sometimes if you like cooking, which I know you do, and you go somewhere disappointing, it's like, oh. Nothing worse. What I could just have, I I wanted, I wish I could have eaten at home. Like, that's such a shame. Rice or noodles? Noodles. And favourite delivery? I would say ramen. I really love a tonkotsu ramen. Yes. So I've heard so much about tonkotsu. And it's literally downstairs for me, and I've never tried it. Oh my god, you got to! Yeah, I know they do. It's just it's really warming, and often when you're having a delivery, you want something comforting, mm-hmm. and that like kind of rich broth really just hits the spot. Apparently, they make their own noodles as well. Which, yeah, I mean, I need to try this. It's yeah, it's essential. So, a little bit about you before Bold Bean Co. 
you worked for a company called Food Chain. So could you speak a bit about what that is and what you did there and like what their mission is? Absolutely. So Food Chain um, was on a mission to build transparency into the food supply chain. And they worked with incredible restaurants in London, you know, small independents who really cared about where their produce was coming from. And then they connected them directly to farmers, growers, producers um, using technology. So I would be kind of the middleman between, you know, an incredible farmer of, you know, organic ducks and then an amazing chef who's opening a restaurant in Mm. in London and connect them up help them understand more about working together but also making that relationship really easy Mm. so we were really in the kind of food sustainability space because as you know transparency is becoming like a really important part of it but it's also just efficient and makes more sense because you're able to push money back up the supply chain um, rather than it being concentrated in big food companies that is so good and did you would you say you learn anything I mean I'm sure you did but like does anything stand out from your work there that you've probably implemented into working or founding Bean & Co Bold Bean um it's it's why I started Bold Bean because I was working with such passionate and interesting people who really were so knowledgeable about mm. the food system about agriculture about future of food and it was there that I started to recognize some of the issues that maybe weren't as widely known, such as soil health, food security, um, all of which are sold, solved with um, by eating more beans. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that alone, you know, was, was a huge part of it. But then in terms of, um, I suppose, other skills that I might have learned, you know, working in any startup, whether it's you know a tech startup which food chain was or a small business you end up just wearing so many different hats so it's like a really great platform for me to learn and use my own initiative and test um kind of marketing experiences and Mm. really understand what it's like to build a brand yeah absolutely so then obviously after food chain you then went about with finding your passion for beans can you talk about like how that happened when was like the moment where I was like oh my gosh this is what I need to do like talk about how you went about that and what happened so one of the suppliers on food chain was a supplier called Hodmadod and they are incredible people they supply British grains and pulses and are really spotlighting some of the crops that we grow in the UK but British people might not know about um, and I was consistently uh, selling them to chefs. I was like, you've got to put these on your menu. And I'd be sitting there doing that. And then I'd be thinking, hold on, I've still got a dried packet of their beans on my cupboard. Why aren't I using them? Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to realize this friction between someone who I'm a confident cook. I'm super passionate about this. Why am I not cooking them frequently enough? So mm-hmm. I, I started to see that tension. I was like, okay, there's something in this. I need to you know maybe it was to create at the time I was like maybe I'll create a kind of a stewed British beans in a tomato sauce or something like that and then I started to start doing research on the category and understanding you know what's going on public perceptions of beans and I realized that we were so far away from even consuming this ideal product that I was thinking about we didn't even love the the regular beans so when I was put on furlough from food chain in 2020 I was like right got to do this I started then kind of building a business plan and understanding that 
you know, part of my experience of where I started to see beans differently was when I was living in Spain and had these incredible heirloom, just high quality beans that Mm. aren't commoditized, that are, you know, cooked with respect and um, flavor in mind. And that was where I started seeing beans differently. So that was when I decided to bring that kind of product to market and um, get people to try that and hopefully build a bean brand that could eventually make you know, all beans cool, but starting with the ones that people know about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you really have taken on a bit of a challenge because the people's perception of beans are that they are dull, tinned food, which you might buy for the food bank or something like that. So how, firstly, for people listening who are still sat here like, okay, yeah, but like there are beans, so why should I buy it? Can you explain the difference between your beans and the ones in supermarkets? Because I'm not going to lie, when I saw you, I can't remember how I first came about you guys. I feel like it could be Instagram. I'm not sure. Anyway, I was like, these look really cool because of your branding. But I was like, yeah, but why would I buy them? Had them and I was like, why would I never, like, why would I have normal ones ever again? Like, these are unreal. So can obviously I don't do it justice. So can you explain like, the main difference between your beans and supermarket beans? Yeah, of course. So supermarket beans are a kind of an expression of how the Brits have devalued beans over the last, you know, hundreds of years. So beans historically are known as food of the poor because as soon as you could afford to eat meat, you would not have beans anymore. So they've 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 had this stigma attached to them for years and it's meant that, you know, as we've moved into the industrialization of the food system, beans themselves have just been fodder they've been kind of heavily commoditized and as cheap as possible no one's thought oh I want nice beans because it's just it's at odds with the perception of them so over the years beans that have been grown have been grown in the cheapest way possible they've often been grown and crossbred to be really hard so that they can be resilient enough to go through the canning process Um, They've often have drying agents, which are chemicals which go on the beans to speed up their natural drying process to which can also make them hard. Um, And then you take it to the factory. And of course, they want to just create a product as cheap as possible. So they cook it in the cheapest possible way. Um, And then you've got a type of bean which is with grown with completely flavor in mind. So our beans are sourced for flavor so for example our butter bean isn't actually a butter bean it's um it's a different variety entirely we call it queen butter bean because it's the best way of uh expressing to a british consumer use them like a butter bean so they're not like oh what do i do with this Mm. um but they actually have a different latin name and they have a thinner skin they are a lot creamier they're they're bigger um so one stage is you know the sourcing of the bean for example the queen butter bean And then it's about the process. So we cook them um, at a less high temperature, which stops it from having that kind of flaky, chalky texture and Mm. makes them really soft and tender and supple. Um, But then also as someone who, you know, loves cooking and when when you're good at cooking, when you understand cooking, everyone knows that you should be seasoning things from the beginning rather than at the end. So whether you're cooking vegetables, you season the water. And the same goes for beans. If you cook beans from scratch, you're seasoning throughout the cooking process. And that's what we do as well, which really brings out the natural flavor. Mm. And, you know, I'm I'm really proud of the fact, you know, a lot of people 
don't want salt but we want we need that salt to bring out kind of a really incredible flavor in the product yeah hence why you can eat it out the jar exactly (laughs) it makes so much sense so with people having this reputation of the supermarket beans which are basically like bullets coming out of the can how are you going about changing the reputation like this is such a hard challenge to do so how are you kind of going about doing that it's really hard because even sampling is a challenge because you'll you'll be in a store and they'll you know have a have a bunch of beans and people walk past I don't want to try a bean happy to try a chocolate bar or a soft drink but I don't want to try like cold beans sitting on a in a little cup so that's really hard I Mm. think for us it's been why our marketing's been so essential so the fact that you know people post about us we you know obviously have a whole arm of our business where we're sharing recipes to inspire people to cook more beans more frequently in interesting ways getting Mm. them to see them in more of an aspirational light um and I think one of the key things is that it's kind of funny people being excited by beans because they are so unloved and ugly and dull and dusty in the back of the cupboard that you know even when I you know when I was launching a business um to you know in 2020 when I started talking about how I was launching a new business everyone was so excited I was working with all the coolest restaurants what's Amelia going to do they're like oh you're launching your own business what is it and I'd be like beans and honestly their face dropped they were just kind of so but it's kind of I love that I love how people find it so entertaining Mm. that someone's being excited about beans in the first place and I think that in itself is a message which is is getting out there because it's so unique you know everyone loves chocolate yeah it's not original to be talking about how you're setting up a chocolate business but when people are excited about a business that's based on beans or setting up a business that's based on beans it is quite a good talking point definitely and how have you gone about getting over the challenge for example of sampling like how do you sample the product product to make it kind of attractive for consumers walking by it's it's been really hard um largely it's influence marketing so we send it out to a lot of people who add that validation mm. um so rather than getting validation through your own personal experience try tasting in a store you might see um someone you admire online say i love bold bean co beans and that is enough credibility to at least pique curiosity and it might mm. take a bit longer to get them to actually make that purchase but it's a really great way of introducing them to the brand definitely I mean I do a lot of pop-ups and I always take your beans and like sell them in the bags and basically people can build their own bags like you'd build your own box online um so I walk around with this like fridge on wheels and I set it all up and I've always got the beans there and I'm always like look at the size of these and I'm also like why wouldn't you want this jar in your cupboard like your friends will come over your family will come over and be like what is this and I'm like you need that and people are like yeah yeah I <laughs> do and oh like, my God. so Thank I always you. take the kind of like I don't know I think people packaging and aesthetic is so key like people love that they love like a, a nice looking cupboard they like the jars you know so I always think your your branding is so good for for the product because it really just it really just sells it so Going on to sustainability, so you mentioned that the beans are good for the environment as well as they're good for us. So I was doing a bit of research on this because I saw it on your website and I was like, what? Like, 
I know how they're good for me, but how are they good for the environment? So can you explain a bit about how it's good for the soil and how it's good for the environment? Yeah, of course. So um, in terms of soil health, um, I don't know if your listeners will know, but there's a huge crisis going on with our soils. Our topsoil is degrading really rapidly due to the use of chemical fertilizers and synthetic fertilizers, which are depleting the kind of health and nutrients of the soil. Um, And there's also a lot of kind of movement of soil in the agricultural process that we currently have. What beans do is it's twofold. One, they're a nitrate fixer. So what they do is by growing in the soil, they take nitrogen from the air and fix it into the soil as little like nodules. And a lot of fertilizers have nitrogen in them as a way of fertilizing it. So essentially, rather than using fertilizers, you can use a bean crop to fertilize the soil. Mm. So that is making the soil healthier and helping the next crop that goes in there, you know, have nutritious soil to work on and you don't need to use as much fertilizer the other thing is cover crops so they are a type of crop which means that you don't constantly need to churn up the soil and they have like really good roots and they stop uh, soil erosion from kind of wind or the elements weather that kind of thing Mm. so that's one way which um is really really crucial and then the other way is obviously you know we're wanting to reduce meat reduction and the realities are if we want to do that globally the only way we can do that is if people eat more beans it's as plain as that yeah Um, because they're the most accessible the most affordable source of natural protein um they're what we survived off before we industrialized meat why are we going into a lab and like you know searching for the solution when it's been there all along it's just you don't think it's cool anymore so um that's kind of quite an obvious one um and then finally food security so food security is a little bit more niche but it's been spoken about more since covid since brexit but essentially what would happen if we as the uk had to shut all of our borders and we couldn't import any food well would starve and die yeah (laughs) but one of the only ways we could survive off our land without getting scurvy and all dying would be if we ate uh beans and beans and pulses if grown in the uk as a protein source it's far more efficient way of using the land of course in areas like you know the bracken beacons where it's very hilly sheep farming is the only way you could actually make the most of that land but for the bulk of the uk we should be growing beans and pulses but the problem is there's not enough demand for it so yeah absolutely and i guess there's also a big focus at the moment of like eat seasonally eat locally i mean you can't get any more seasonal or local than beans i guess yeah like, well they they dry so you know okay. they whether you have them in seasons you can grow them yourself or, or get them fresh and they'll cook in half the time but they also dry out and then they can last you they can last you for years obviously it's better if you have them mm. closer to the harvest but that's what's amazing is that there's hardly any food waste if yeah. you're cooking with beans definitely it's like an incredible product that no one knows about like i'm <laughs> even now i'm sitting here like why is the whole world not eating beans like it doesn't make any sense so do you get your beans from the uk no so the uk don't they've only just started uh, some trials growing chickpeas but mm. we're very early days and also the climate isn't quite right for chickpeas and similarly with white beans and if you think about the supermarkets the beans that are are popular are in jamie oliver recipes they're all they all tend to be cannelloni beans harrogate beans white beans and chickpeas Mm -hmm. um so 
early on, initially I wanted to launch British Beans, but we just really aren't there yet. So mm. what I decided to launch with is the creamy queen butter bean which is my favorite bean and that was the one that ever first made me love beans so that was an essential like one and then the queen chickpea which is obviously a beautiful big um chickpea of a of a lovely it's from spain um and most of our beans are from spain the but the butter beans are actually from poland they're called pietnias and the polish do these incredible butter beans um and so that's why we source them from there wow i remember um when I first saw your product, that the only time I'd seen something similar was in Mallorca. And whenever I go there, I do always get chickpeas because they are that big size. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, like we don't have that in the UK. So that makes so much sense. Out of interest, how many times a week do you eat beans? Every day. I was going to ask yeah. this, every day, wow. I mean, you can because they're so versatile. Uh, yeah, and I think you know and partly probably because I'm just so busy I often don't have much at home and have to like scrap around and I've always got beans yeah it's great but you can do butter bean dip butter bean mash butter bean salads like you can do so much yeah it they are honestly incredible and oh I feel so lucky every day that I decided to launch a business in food that is something that I can eat every meal virtually yeah they can they I what I love about them is you know you just whip open your cupboard see what you got if you've got some harissa if you've got some tomatoes you've got a dish yeah. if you've got some leeks and lemon zest and olive oil you've got a dish it's just there are so many options yeah. and you'll always find something in your cupboard with so a jar true. of beans you're sorted so so true so my next question is about your campaign bean over burgers firstly love that name so good and can you talk about the campaign what it is and what you're aiming to get out of it yeah, so the campaign was um, focused around last summer when we had uh, the National Food Strategy released um, by Henry Dimbleby. Um, so for those of you that don't know, the National Food Strategy is um, a report that was commissioned by the government to help the UK become more sustainable and healthier um, through our food um our relationship with food, agriculture, supermarkets, all of that. And a lot of funding will go into some of the uh like some of the ideas that this this uh, report has put through and what I think really frustrated me about it was I was reading through it so much of it was incredible but then they had this section where they were encouraging people to invest in ultra processed meal alternatives and don't get me wrong I have think there's such a place for these foods I think Mm. they're so great for people who struggle to you know replace meat and lack maybe the confidence to use whole foods it's not it's not something everyone everything everyone can do Mm. but the problem with a lot of these um big food ultra processed meat alternatives is that eventually they're going to be owned by Unilever and they're going to have a really complex recipe that no one else can replicate and charge a fortune and actually they they can be unhealthy and what are they actually going to do to help support British agriculture e.g. British bean growing um, British health um, and British incomes because they're spending a fortune on these meat replacements so what I proposed is you know rather than spending that what about spending you know capital on educating people about cooking beans from scratch or making beans more attractive um and I think that you know for me it's not 
this isn't about, you know, we are on a mission to make people obsessed with beans. We sell premium beans and that's for a certain part of the market. But, you know, when people say, oh, is it bad if I buy tins? I'm like, no, if you're buying beans, that's great. We see one of our routes to making you buy beans is by giving you really delicious ones. But if you're having tinned, then that's great and you're enjoying it. So that's kind of what I led. And I think a lot of people in the food industry really mirrored that. They love they want to cook more plant-based, but they don't want it to be uh, a knockoff of, of meat. And I think for a lot of meat eaters as well, if you are a flexitarian, if you're going to have a bit of meat, you're less likely to want a kind of meat replacement. And there's not enough emphasis on just using really good quality whole food proteins. So true. It is really funny with this market. Like I know when I started Greedy Vegan, I had a lot of these meat alternatives on on the, on the site. And I don't have them anymore because my views on it has completely changed and I'm I'm still trying to find that market like who is that buyer because I think I mean my parents for example they're not vegan at all I guess they're flexitarian and they love the bacon I think they love bacon they love the this bacon brand they love that but I think yeah if you are fully vegan you're not going to want to replicate meat because you don't like the look or the taste or the feel so that's not you if you are flexitarian like you say and you have meat occasionally then you're not going to you're not going to have meat substitute because you'll have the real thing so it is hard and funny to find that that market but it is there because like the supermarket aisles are full of different things and I guess also if you're highly protein conscious I think if you are on a plant-based diet you do have to eat a lot more of the sources of protein to get the right amount of protein that you need whereas with these alternatives you do get the protein quicker um so yeah I do see it that way but no I think beans are definitely such a good source of protein and this might be like a really difficult question but how much protein are in beans oh do you know what I should know my dietaries off by heart but um I don't (laughs) they are quite high I think they are particularly we have to report our um our dietaries based on the net um volume Mm. so that's including the water content so if you remove that water content they have over you know five percent or whatever they can have that claim high in high in protein but because we've got the water in there um, obviously the water has no protein yeah it makes sense so um they they are just like a great protein source mm. and i and you know if you think about a lot of plant-based cooking you know you just use pasta because use pasta have a tomato sauce done imagine if you just use beans and made a tomato sauce and had beans with tomato sauce yeah then you're definitely getting way more protein yeah absolutely so what about your personal diet like are you flexitarian plant-based like where do you stand with it I'm flexitarian Mm -hmm. so I yeah I love I love food I love all food I have huge respect for you know different um producers across across the board and I think because I was working at food chain Mm. I always had access to really exceptional produce where I'd been to the farm I knew their processes and I trusted them now I'm not there I I eat far less meat and dairy because I don't have access to that anymore Um, and when I do it's a treat and I've kind of sourced it and probably spent half my (laughs) half my budget for the week on it but um yeah it's definitely an a treat occasional treats yeah I think that's a thing I think I do repeat myself probably on this podcast saying education and research when it comes to meat fish and probably dairy is so so key I think that's what people need to remember like people are like oh but I do like my meat it's like that's great that you do but like make sure you're buying it from the right places rather than just buying it 
from you know local co-op or something and you haven't checked the packaging and you don't really know what you know where it's from and the history behind it obviously that's so much easier said than done but just where you can I guess it's it's good to do that so another probably really difficult question is what um would you say your favorite bean recipe is if you're trying to tempt someone listening who might be 50 50 like oh I might do these but could you tempt us with like your favorite recipe of with the beans I think the best way to really experience and appreciate the beans is our queen butter beans um, are so good and some of the people who wouldn't have tried them will think this sounds absolutely crazy but just serving them you know you drain them of their bean stock and um, smother them in really good olive oil and have some lemon zest and some black pepper and you have that with a few crackers and I'm I'm not joking it's just it's so good and whenever I have people around people is like oh we want the beans I often do that as like a dish for them to to try because it just expresses how good they really can be so that's a kind of you know probably a bit of like a oh our beans are amazing but if you are kind of wanting to think about it in more of a kind of regular eating way I would say make your favorite pasta sauce and have have them with beans try that out we don't you know we love pasta but I think that for people trying to understand just how versatile beans are seeing them through that lens can be really useful yeah definitely definitely it's so nice because they do these beans do kind of speak for themselves because they have been cooked and seasoned so well so the first dish you explained sounds yeah so fresh I think I've done a really nice one with um I think I yeah I roasted tomatoes and I cut up like sun-dried tomatoes capers and basically put and I think pesto kind of like put put it all together Um, it was heaven yeah pesto beans is so great oh my god so great Feliciella has a really good pesto beans recipe that a lot of my friends do have you given Feliciella any of your beans can't track it down can't track it down trying I'm trying yeah just like camp out yeah camp out outside the rep plants by D and hopefully you might find her (laughs) yeah yeah I will so what's next for bold bean obviously Waitrose is very very exciting and that is like the biggest thing at the moment but in terms of like new product development and new beans what would be your next bean to add to the bold bean co family well we're really open we're kind of exploring this at the moment and would love to hear from you know other people what they think so what do you think what would you oh okay um I like a kidney bean I can imagine like an amazing chili with these like I mean I don't know if kidney beans can be bigger but let's say we have like a replica of the butter bean to an extent but I can imagine like a really big chunky chili with the beans or um plant-based bolognese with kidney beans Mm. yeah I think a kidney bean also I would love to see like a different color in the jar yeah cool to have that like definitely yeah we're exploring red kidney and black beans as well yeah Mexican Mexican, mm -hmm. um and we also really want to do dried beans because you know a lot of a lot of people who are super fans they all love cooking they should definitely experiment and start learning how to cook from dried because it is such an amazing experience but often the dried beans that you get now in the supermarket have been you know they're about five years old and they're dry and they take an hours to cook and they don't taste as good whereas we could get recent harvests and start to educate on like how you cook beans from scratch wow so i'm guessing that's kind of the similar process to if you're to cook lentils 
from scratch and like you soak them and actually like chickpea hot yeah you soak them overnight maybe or like a couple of hours exactly maybe overnight are the but, ones that are five years old but i think the part of it is also about what how you season it throughout it so for example it might be nice to put in you know a charred lemon or loads mm. of herbs throughout some soft herbs at the beginning and the end yeah um, lots of salt some fat some olive oil in there just to kind of and honestly they are so good they yeah so good. no this is honestly i've got i think i'm waiting for a restock of your beans but i think i've grabbed some chickpeas before anyone else can order them yeah so i've got them yeah because i love making like really creamy hummuses with them as well because oh. it just makes it really changes a hummus if you've got good chickpeas yeah it's so great so so good so my last question that's gone so quick for my last question um I ask everyone because it's just a great question is what would be your last meal starter main course dessert it can be any restaurant it can be your cooking it could be someone else's cooking they don't have to be linked but last meal okay so I would probably say the starter would be I'm going to be a bit indulgent um I love like sharing starters Mm -hmm. so I'd have kind of um some asparagus that's in season with some sort of like caper butter and lemon zest something like that Mm. and then maybe a kind of tomato salad with like really good tomatoes peak season as well because everything's going to be peak season it's my last definitely um I love yeah and then thinking about kind of the main um it's an interesting one I feel like beans have to be involved obviously obviously um and I know this I feel really bad saying this because obviously we're on a vegan podcast. Oh god, I would it would be a whole roast chicken with mm. um and at the end like cooking with cherry plum tomatoes, uh loads of garlic, cloves that have been um peeled so they kind of go comfy and caramelised, um, and a salsa verde um with Yum. you know uh, oniony, a bit of white wine, creamy butter beans on the side. Delicious. Um, and then puddings, chocolate mousse. Oh, and would you make the chocolate mousse or can you Someone tell else us, to make it for me. I'm can dying. you tell us yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> can you tell us where your favourite chocolate mousse is that you've had? If wow. if you can think of it, or even from the supermarket. So I've done a lot of supermarket analysis for the chocolate okay. mousse category. Um the best one is probably pots. They're like quite new. They're yes. more like a ganache sort of you know pot are they in a nice ramekin yeah yeah they're probably like the best in the market but i also really love a rubbish one you know a, re- mm. a really kind of like whisper or arrow yeah i was gonna say an arrow yeah because it's got the air in it all <laughs> hence the name yeah but um yeah i think i can't think of where i've had my all-time favorite mousse um i don't yeah that is T- tbc okay i, mean, I need to need to do some more research yeah. on that one I mean you're probably quite busy at the moment but I'm sure when you get a, get a chance I really want to make a mousse actually out of tofu that's apparently a really yes. good way with silken tofu chocolate that's yeah again TBC I haven't done that yet but we will and I want to pick up something from your last meal you mentioned peak season and like this is also really under um underestimated about people like from people because like for example, recently I had a strawberry and I was like, oh my God, incredible. Whereas obviously you can get strawberries all year round in supermarkets and they do not taste like they do right now. So yeah, people really need to shop in season because you'll be so surprised with 
the quality of the vegetables that you can find in any supermarket but just if it's got UK written on it then you're good to go yeah I mean you've always got to be careful because there are a lot of um out of season products that are produced in the UK mm. in a polytunnel so it might say UK but it might not be in season so it's just more about learning actually when things are at their best and yeah. I think that it also it's a great source of inspiration so you're thinking what do I cook tonight and you're thinking okay well, we've only got two more weeks left of asparagus season I'm gonna cook some asparagus yeah. and then you know you kind of OD on asparagus for a bit yeah. and then wait for my I love a peach a peach a peach in season yeah but I would say we've got a bit longer until they get really okay good. interesting well I use Oddbox quite a lot and that really helps me remember like what's in season because obviously that's it's cool. anything that's kind of wonky or overproduced so yeah that really helps me but there was a time in about I think it was February where I was really getting fed up of Swede I was like I've had quite a few Swedes now time for a change when's March happening yeah but no it's a good way it's a good way to do it um but thank you so much for coming thank on here. Thank you for having me. Great Honestly, your passion comes over so clearly. And like, <laughs> I really hope everyone listening can go out and find beans. Check your waitrose because it's coming very soon and buy away. Because yeah, or buy from me. Please, um, <laughs> yeah, <buy from laughs> please. Me yeah, buy from me first. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they are incredible. So well done for like trying to change the category because I think yeah it's definitely had a bit of a been left to the one side so it's good for it to have a bit of a facelift <laughs> thank you thank that's you. for sure but yeah thanks so much Great. thank you so much thank you guys so much for listening and i hope you learned as much as i did in this episode whether that was a new way to cook with beans or even how beans are as good for the soil as they are for us i mean i never knew that All you have to do now is actually add queen beans into your next order to see for yourself how delicious they are. And don't forget the code CATCHUPS40 for 40% off your first box. Thanks again and see you again next week.